Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. I'd like to direct your attention to Psalm 119, verses 60 through 62. Psalm 119, verses 60 through 62. It's not hard to find. It's towards the center of your Bible. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. So you could accidentally turn there very easily. Psalm 119. I feel like the Lord is pleased that we've gathered together today for our final Sunday of the year 2020. And I believe that God wants to speak to us in these final moments as we slip into a new year. And I think most of us could agree that we're happy to be slipping into a new year. Amen. And God wants to deal with us as we do so. Almost everyone who stood behind this pulpit to preach and really just about every other pulpit in America will say something along the lines of this has been an extremely unusual year. That's really just a very diplomatic way of saying it's been an extremely hard year. An extremely hard year. and Some have been hit by it harder than others. And in the midst of it, I believe the children of God can still say that God is faithful, God is good, and God has blessed us. And uh, I feel very strongly that the Lord wants to rearrange our thinking as we go into this new year. And that's important because you can't go through a year like we've just gone through and not not have some things change in your mindset some things change in the way you view God and even the way we worship and the way we gather together all of these things have been impacted by the necessities of this year but God is preparing us look at your neighbor and say God is preparing us for new and better things Psalm 119 60 through 62 says this I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight, read this together with me. At midnight, I will rise. Say that one more time. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I'm preaching today at midnight, I will rise. Put your Bibles down, raise your hands, and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, in your name right now, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, God. I pray that we would not take this moment for granted. 
gathered together in your presence as your people. Minister to us, change us, rearrange us, prepare us, make us ready for a new year, God. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time and open up your mouth? I think it'd be good to go ahead and just say, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just let some praise slip out of your mouth. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. In Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and tell them at midnight, at midnight, I will rise. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. In the early verses of Psalm 119, it portrays a man who is striving to serve the Lord. An individual who loves the Word of God. He speaks of the joys of obedience to God's law. He said, I'll compare my life to your commands. He describes the folly of trying to compromise with evil. He begs the Lord not to give up on him when he fails and falls short. The psalmist wasn't bragging when he reminds the Lord that he meditates on his word day and night. Rather, he is revealing humanity's great dependence upon the word of God for comfort, direction, and strength. How many have found comfort, direction, and strength from the Word of God in the year 2020? We rely on God's Word. But suddenly, around verse 22, the poetic mood changes and everything gets dark. Now the poet is being scorned and rejected by powerful and influential people who are wicked. The oppression is so great that he describes himself as lying in the dust. He's been knocked down and he's struggling to get back up. Likely this imagery is both literal and figurative at the same time. Confusion has captivated his mind and the laws he loved so much as a young man are now difficult for him to understand. Teach me what it means, Lord. He cries from the depths of his soul. He wants to understand. He used to understand. But life is so convoluted and the darkness is so pressing that he cannot find the clarity and the faith of his youth. Truths that seemed to be clear when he was young are now vague and obscured. Doubt and discouragements have plagued him for so long, he just needs a personal revival. This psalmist suffered loneliness because he refused to live like everybody else in his culture. His commitment to God's ways brought mockery and condescension to him from the people around him. He considered giving up. He almost quit. He was on the verge of backsliding, but the word of the Lord revived him one more time. Temptations almost trapped him, but God's love and comfort guided him and saved him from the snare of the enemy. 
In verse 57, another dramatic shift takes place in this man's heart. God becomes more than just a distant figure to be feared and obeyed. He says, Lord, you are mine. He wasn't just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jehovah wasn't just the God of his fathers and his grandfathers. No, now Jehovah is his God, his savior, his friend, his protector, his sustainer, his provider. I wish somebody would preach with me. His way maker, his Red Sea parter, his banner, his victory. And can I pause and preach to somebody? today at some point God is going to have to be your God he can't just be your friend's God he can't just be your dad's God he's got to become your Jehovah he's got to be your Nisi he's got to be your provider he's got to be your healer and so the shift took place in this man's mind and he realizes that for him to be sustained in his walk with God and this is so important anyone who has ever served God for a long time will tell you this find someone after the church pull them aside and and ask them is this true for you they will tell you that there will be a point in your relationship with God that he must become real and personal to you it's got to be more than just words on a page it's got to be more than just laws that you write down and try to keep it's got to be more than a preacher yelling in your ear telling you what's right and wrong at some point you've got to fall in love with Jesus for yourself you've got to serve him because you love him you've got to walk with him because he loves you you've got to be rearranged by him because he wants what is good for you and so the psalmist said I pondered the direction of my life I look back over my life as the song says and I thought things over and I realized there's no God like Jehovah there's no God like my God there's no rock like my rock there's no way maker like my way maker there's no healer like my healer there's no friend like Jesus no one can touch me like Jesus can no one can work in me like Jesus can no one can save me like Jesus can and he looked back over that life and he decided to keep on serving the Lord I'm preaching to somebody this morning you almost quit in 2020 you almost gave up but it's time to look back over your life fall in love with Jesus all over again and make the decision I'm gonna keep on serving God can't nobody do me like Jesus I searched all over and nobody cared for me like Jesus and so he doubled down on holiness he oh I'm gonna preach that he doubled down on holiness he doubled down on obedience he doubled down on his worship he doubled down on prayer he doubled down on consecration I wish somebody who's made up your mind I'm doubling down on praise would go ahead and lift up your hands throw back your head and say Lord I'm gonna walk into 2021 as a prayer 
praiser. I'm going to step into a new year as a worshiper. I'm not letting 2020 rob me of my consecration. I'm not letting 2020 rob me of my faithfulness. I'm not letting a pandemic rob me of my praise. No, I'm doubling down. I'm going deeper. I'm going farther. Yeah. And so he said, now, now that he had had this shift and gone from just obedience and just viewing the things of God as laws that needed to be obeyed. And now he understands that you're my God. This is a relationship that I have with you, Lord. You know, when you go from law to love, it changes everything. Only, only people who don't love God view his word as laws. People who love God understand that he wants what's best for me. And so when he tells me not to go there or do this. It's not because God's trying to rob me of my party and have fun. No, God loves me and he wants what is best for me. He lead He takes me through the valley of the shadow of death. He keeps me all the way through until I come to rivers of living water. And then he sets me there by rivers of living water. And my life becomes like a tree. The roots begin to grow down in to the soil as God sustains me with his living word. Oh, hallelujah. His word becomes a lamp unto my feet. It becomes a light unto my path. I want you to know the word is not here to hinder you. The word is here to give you life and life everlasting. The word is not here to stop you from having a good time. No, the word is here to give you life, but not just life. It's here to give you abundant life. Life. Oh, I'm going to preach this to somebody. Life that is pressed down shaken together and running oh I wish somebody who knows how to have a Holy Ghost party would just let your shout tell the world that Jesus didn't give me death he gave me life and joy and peace and deliverance do you know why there's confusion around this because The people of God operate with different definitions of words than the people of the world do. You see, people of the world look at us and they say, you're in bondage because you're not drinking like we're drinking on New Year's Eve. And I tell them, no, your definition of bondage is backwards because I can live without a drink, but you can't. Oh, I'm going to help somebody right now. You're the one who's bound by sin. You're the one who, oh, I'm going to help somebody today. No, 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 no. My God came to give me life. He broke the chains. He set me free. He delivered me. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He pulled me up out of the miry clay. It's just your definition of bondage is different than my definition of bondage. And so after he'd had this mind-blowing revelation that God is his God and it's all about love and relationship with the Lord, he began to talk about how now I hurry to obey your laws. I'll run to keep your commandments. In other words, I used to drag my feet doing the right thing. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Some of y'all do the right thing, but it takes you a long time to get there. He said, "I, I used to be 
slow getting to do what God told me to do. But now when God says do it, I run to be obedient. Why? Because he knows where his help comes from. He knows where the blessing flows from. He knows where the joy comes from. Anybody know where the joy of the Lord comes from? Anybody know that God inhabits the praises of his people? Anybody understand that God is able to move? I used to drag my feet, but now I'm quick about obeying the law of the Lord. It's not a drudgery any longer. I don't have to get called by an elder in the church and, and lectured into doing the right thing. Amen? I, I don't have to have the pastor giving me a list of things anymore and constantly talking to me. No, because, because now I realize that the love of God compels me to be obedient to the word of God. And so now I long to do the things of God. It, it's not hard for me any longer. And then he says this, and when the wicked try to trap me in their snare, when the wicked try to tempt me, when they come in and try to drag me down to their level, when I was young I used to be susceptible to it I could go to church and I could dance on Sunday but on Monday I would be back in the bars with my friends but know now that the law has turned to love I realize that I do not have to be bound by the things that used to bind me and so when the wicked try to draw me in they can't even touch me because my life is anchored to the word of the Lord oh I wish somebody we clap your hands if your life is anchored in the word of the Lord it doesn't tempt me it has no hold on me it doesn't draw me any longer world you've lost your hold on me because my life is anchored in the word of the Lord yeah yes but but ah hello His troubles were not over. No. He still had people who didn't like him. He still had trials and sickness and pain in his body. He was still facing the scorn that he had talked about 20 verses earlier. He was still facing the adversaries and the enemies that he had so poetically described just a few short verses before. Nothing had changed in his life at all except his mindset. Nothing about his circumstance. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me. You think God's done with us and you think the chains of 2020 are going to hold us forever. You've got a surprise coming, honey, because I want you to know, even though you can't see it, God is doing something. He still looked out his window and he saw trouble to the east. And and then he looked out his other window and he could see armies in the west. And he went out into his front yard and he could see difficulty to the south. Everywhere he looked, it was just the same trials that he went to bed with. But the Bible says this, listen to me. He began to cry out with this new revelation of who God is. He began to shout out with this new mindset that it's all about love and not law and he said at midnight I will 
rise. I said at midnight, I will get up at midnight. I'm going to rise up out of bed. I'm going to rise up out of doubt. I'm going to rise up out of fear. I'm going to rise up out of the chains of depression and discouragement. I will rise up. But he doesn't just say, I'm going to get up and do nothing. He said, I will rise up to give you thanks. Now, now hold on. I, I'm, I'm getting close to done, but I'm not done. Midnight is interesting. Because a new day has begun. If you stay up late enough and watch your phone, at midnight, your phone is going to go... From p.m. to a.m. <laughs> At midnight, the new day has started. Technically, officially speaking, it's a new day at midnight. But the light of the sun hasn't yet pushed the darkness away. Everybody preaching with me? You, you know it's morning, but it doesn't look like morning. You know it's morning, but if you go outside, it doesn't feel like morning yet. You know it's technically there. And you have to have enough faith and trust in God to believe that if you'll hold on long enough through the darkness of what is technically morning, you will eventually see a sunrise. And eventually, not only will you... Not only will you see the sun, but you will feel the sun. You see, at midnight, you don't feel like giving thanks yet because the warmth of day is not touching your body yet. But that's the very time the psalmist said you better rise up at midnight before it's ever happened, before you can see it, before you can feel it, before you can touch it. Get up out of your bed and say, thank you, Jesus for saving me thank you for delivering me oh at midnight it's often the darkest hour of the day did you know that at midnight often it is the bleakest blackest part of the day and yet we know that the darkness is just making preparation for the light at midnight the dawn seems like it's a thousand hours away try it sometime wake up at midnight and just sit there until the morning light comes it will feel like a million years but eventually if you'll hold on and wait long enough you'll see the sun start to rise the first trickle of light will come in the first ray of warmth will touch your skin and you'll know I held on and I've made it to a new day I've made it to a new beginning I've come to a new morning and that is exactly at midnight that's exactly when we should begin our praise. Say this with me. True praise begins at midnight. Yes, it does. True praise begins when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, when there's no activity, when it feels like God 
is absolutely silent when it seems as if you're never going to make it to your destination, that is when true praise begins. And so I wonder, I had never noticed this scripture before, but I wonder when two preachers in the New Testament were just going along preaching the gospel. In fact, at one point, the apostle Paul was preaching through the city and there was a woman who had a spirit of divination upon her. In other words, she was a sorceress. She was a witch. And she was a soothsayer. She was a palm reader. And evidently, she wasn't just one of those fake ones that you see, you know, in a storefront somewhere who pretends to read your palm for a little bit of cash. She actually had a spirit of divination upon her. And the Bible says that everywhere that Paul went for a few days, he would go preach and she would follow a little bit behind him and she would mock him. She'd make fun of his preaching. She'd say, do you really know what you're talking about? Prove that you know what you're talking about. Have your God show himself to us. And Paul just kept on preaching, just kept on preaching the gospel until one day, listen, We preachers are pretty patient, but you push us a little too far. And something gets on us. And Paul, at some point, just got sick and tired of this woman mocking the things of God. You better be careful mocking the things of God, even when you think you're just telling a cute joke. Hello? And so so Paul finally whirled around i don't understand i wish he'd done it sooner but it's like he put up with it put up with it put up with and then he whirls around and he rebukes her in jesus name and he casts the evil spirit out of her and he begins to work miracles and people are being delivered from all kinds of spirits and people are receiving the holy ghost and they're turning away from idols and so that got the townspeople angry you know when you start having revival you're going to have people that get upset at revival i can tell you right now stories of young people that god filled them with the holy ghost they were addicted to drugs they were addicted to cocaine and meth god delivered delivered them instantly in an altar and when they ran back home to tell their parents that God's filled me with the Holy Ghost I've been baptized in Jesus name I'm not addicted any longer they went back to tell their parents and their parents who should have said thank you Jesus instead they said you better never go back to that church you, you, you better stay away from that. And then the parents get on it. And I want you to know there's a spirit that gets a hold of people that will attack when revival begins to take place. And so as Paul is preaching and Silas is with him, the magistrates came and the city officials came and the mayor came and they gathered Paul and Silas. They literally had them arrested and they beat them within an inch of their life. And the Bible says they thrust them, they literally threw them into the innermost part of the prison. This was a pit, and they stuck them way down in the bottom of this pit. And not only that, that wasn't good enough. They bound their hands, and they bound their feet with stocks. So they couldn't clap, they couldn't lift their hands, they couldn't dance, they couldn't move. But they forgot they had mouths. (laughs) They forgot 
that they could still open up their mouth. And I just wonder, I don't know, because the Bible doesn't say, if Paul was thinking all the way back to the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse number 62, I wonder if it dawned on him as his hands were fastened, as his back was bleeding, as blood flowed down his body. He was aching and sore, and he was hunched over, and all the sudden he remembered the psalmist said at midnight I will rise and then he looked at Silas and said Silas we're bound we can't get up we can't actually move but we can lift our voices but we can open up our mouths and we can let a sound rise up from this pit and we can let our praise rise up out of this pit all throughout the rest of the prison. And the scripture says that at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and lifted up praises unto God. And when they began to praise God at midnight, all of the prison began to shake under the holy unction of an earthquake. This was no man-made earthquake. This was a divinely inspired earthquake for that circumstance alone. God shook the band right off Paul and Silas. He shook the shackles off their feet. God shook the prison. Oh, I'm helping somebody right now. The prison doors shook open. And not just Paul and Silas. The Bible says that everybody's bands were loosed. When you began to praise at midnight, if you would get up apostolic tabernacle at midnight, while you can't see it, while you can't feel it, while you can't hear it, if you would get up and open up your mouth some things would begin to shake some shackles would begin to loosen some doors would begin to open that you thought would never open everyone's bands were loosed and they stepped out and a mighty revival took place because someone was willing by faith to rise up at midnight before the sun was shining before the answer came before the walls came down they were willing to get up and say I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be where in my mouth stand with me musicians get ready I know I know what I'm preaching to I know the season that I'm preaching in it feels like it's going to be midnight forever C.S. Lewis and one of his great books, The Chronicles of Narnia, he describes children in this world that is supposed to represent the spiritual world. And there's a witch there, a white witch who represents evil and the devil. And she's turned the land of Narnia into perpetual winter. Everything is frozen all the time. Everything is dark and cold all the time. The sun doesn't shine. Everything is hard and cold and bleak. And the children turn to one another and they say, why 
is it always winter and never summer? Some of you are like those children right now. You're saying that about the world that we live in. Why is it always this? Why is it still midnight? I thought surely the dawn would have broken by now. But I came to let somebody know the dawn is coming. But will you be found praising? Will you be willing to rise up before the answer comes? Will you be willing at midnight before, before everybody else is giving thanks? Will you be found giving thanks? So let me tell you, it's, it's going to be a few months. I don't know exactly. It's going to be a few months and everybody's going to be giving thanks when it's easy to give thanks. But I don't want to be in that number. I want to be a part of the people who got up at midnight, wrestled themselves out of bed, said, Lord, I don't see it, but here I am. Lord, I, I don't know what you want me to do, but here I am. Use me, Lord. Could we be early? Would it be all right for us to just go ahead and start before everybody else at Apostolic Tabernacle and say, Lord, I don't see the dawn yet. I, I know it's coming. Intellectually, I know. Philosophically, I know. I know it's coming. But I can't see it yet. It certainly doesn't feel like it yet. But God, I'm going to give you thanks right here at midnight. Could you lift your hands right now? God's calling someone right now to step out of your pain, to step out of discouragement. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Nobody likes getting up at midnight. It's hard. You have to fight your flesh. You have to... You have to fight everything that feels natural. It doesn't feel natural to get up at midnight and give thanks. Push against it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody push against your flesh. Push against your flesh. This is what prayer feels like. It's hard. Prayer warrior, I need you to pray. We're pushing past fear. We're pushing past discouragement. Pushing past carnality, we're pushing past faithlessness. I need a prayer warrior to help me pray against the spirit of complacency right now. Come on, prayer warrior, lift up your hand. We're gonna do a little spiritual work here before.